and welcome to the Austin Forum Upload, where we explore pervasive and emerging technologies and their influence and impact on society. In this series, we upload direct to you information, opinions, and insights from thought leaders, experts, and creatives from Austin and beyond. They'll share their perspectives through conversations, interviews, debates, discussion, and more. I'm Jay. I'm John. And I'm Barbary. And we co-produce the Upload for the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. I'm Jay Boisseau, host of today's episode of the Austin Forum Upload, and I'm very pleased to have with me Jill Murphy of the FBI. Thanks for joining the show, Jill. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here today. So our listeners are probably wondering, well, let's see, it's the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, and today's guest is an FBI agent. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your role with the FBI and why that's highly relevant to our listeners and our society? Thanks. I would love to. So the FBI is very interested in protecting intellectual property, uh, and Austin produces a lot of intellectual property. If you think about, in general terms, the United States loses around $400 billion, that's B, billion, dollars a year in intellectual property. That's a lot of money that, that walks out the door and goes to other places and other countries. And at the FBI, we're very interested in, in helping uh, protect that intellectual property. We believe that economic security is national security. Uh, and to keep that money uh, here in the United States to create jobs, to help United States citizens or people that are living here have better lives, we think that's a really important part of our mission. Uh, so there's a ton of great entrepreneurs and great ideas here in Austin, and we want people to be successful with those ideas and create the things that they want. So, wow, so that's a huge number. So $400 billion in IP theft per year from the U.S. Correct. That's in general terms. People will say, you know, 300 to $600 billion, so I'm just picking a median number. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think it's probably a fair number uh, of intellectual property theft and that, that we lose. That's all... Is that the number for that is stolen by other countries or that is, does it also include the amount of inside the country theft of IP? So I I believe it includes the inside the country theft also, but the majority of our intellectual property theft uh, is taken by foreign nation states, Mm. but it also includes counterfeits. And that and that type of theft, right? It. So okay. it's not just so it's not all it's cyber not all, theft, but cyber. Oh, it's also rip-offs. Rip-offs, and, yeah, movies, okay. and all that kind of stuff. And intellectual property, as you as you and um, probably most of the listeners already know, it's hard to assign a value to some intellectual property because right. a lot of intellectual property is stolen before it makes its makes its way to the marketplace. Right. Uh, so companies will spend a lot of money on research and development. Uh, and obviously, if you're if you're a competitor and you can take the research and development from someone else, you save yourself a lot of cost. Uh, so we see competitors, uh, to include nation states, do that to save research, save time, uh, and get a leg up. Uh, I think one of the terms that's been used by our FBI director is steal their way up the economic ladder at our expense. So we at the FBI are very interested in helping uh, protect intellectual property. So. The FBI, of course, protects intellectual property of all U.S. companies, but there's also the tech sector is probably a huge percentage of that IP. Is your specialty focusing on the tech sector itself? 
So my my specialty is not just the tech sector. Uh, it's, it encompasses all people, all businesses, small and large. Our, our goal is to talk to people, to educate them about protecting their intellectual property. I think that Early stage entrepreneurs are most at risk, and mid stage entrepreneurs are probably most at risk. Silicon Valley has a bunch of attorneys that that are working for them to try and protect their intellectual property and their investments. I think uh, the early stage guys uh, and the entrepreneurs, like the folks I meet here in Austin, are probably the ones that are, are more at risk. So you're um, you're dealing with people that are tech and, and non tech, and you're dealing with people that are of all scales, but. A large percentage, especially I would imagine in a place like Austin, are at the smaller scale startup and of a tech nature. So probably a lot of the folks you come across here in Austin that you work with are are tech startups. Yeah, a lot of and I've and and myself uh, and my team at the Austin FBI office we're really focused on that that portion of Austin. The tech startups is the tech startups. Yeah, and and part of it is, you know, they don't think about protecting their intellectual property. They're really excited about the things that they've created. I'm really excited about the things that they've created. I've jokingly told uh, one of the investors here in Austin that every time I talk to one of these guys, I feel like they've got the best idea ever. Uh, and this investor said, yeah, you, you think that until you invest in 10 or 15 of them and they don't work <laughs> out. And then you start to become a little more selective. But there's so many smart, really energetic people here, and they're excited to tell you about what they're doing and share stuff. And I think that that's great. I just want to educate them about oversharing so they can protect this great idea and grow it into whatever it is that they want. So I, that's probably one of the greatest risks of threat right there is not even some, you know, super espionage story, but just people oversharing. Yeah. Telling too much about how they did what they did, not just what they did, but but how they did it. Yeah. So I, I talked to a professor at UT and he said that I could steal this from him. He said they should share... Uh, what it does, not how it does it. And that's the advice. And I think that's great advice. Uh, you know, so if you're talking to people, talk about what it does, not necessarily how it does it, uh, because that's the secret sauce. You know, so when we talk to people about protecting their intellectual property, it's really about protecting whatever that secret sauce is, whatever that thing is that if you lost, your idea would be no more, or your, whatever this concept is that you have or that you're creating wouldn't, wouldn't move further. And you told me once at a different time, you said, if somebody invites you to come to their country to talk about what you do, that you need to think about, why are they asking you to come there? What are they hoping to get from it? And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Be smart about it. I mean, what is their, you know, in, in kind of technical terms, right? What is their ROI? What is their return on that investment? Why are they inviting mm -hmm. to that country? And then even further than that, what are the laws of that country? So if you're going to a country that allows surveillance of your electronic devices, that that's not an illegal thing in that country, right. could they steal your intellectual property when you're there? So I think that those are things that entrepreneurs should consider. You know, I do hear entrepreneurs talk about, you know, they could lose their intellectual property. They're going to fail fast. They're going to create the next iteration of whatever that is. So they're just going to outpace the theft. And if you can do that, more power to you, you know, if that's how you want to it's, it's hard enough being it. successful without yeah. having to outpace theft, though, yeah. 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 So, you know, I think that what we really would like to do is just educate people uh, so they can make good decisions about the things that they're doing. So don't overshare. Don't overshare. Don't go to places without understanding the ramifications of the local laws about surveillance and electronic tracking and whatnot, realizing you might be exposing yourself. 
Correct. What about here at home? So you're here in Austin or wherever you are. You have a great idea. You need to get people interested in it, but you've got your secrets locked down. What advice do you give them? What are the common mistakes you see them make, uh, them make and thinking they've got their, their secrets locked down within their company? Well, so I guess it depends on what their secrets are. So if your secrets, you know, before computers, right, if you had something uh, that was intellectual property, you would lock it in a drawer, you'd lock it in a safe, you'd lock it in an office, uh, you wouldn't leave it out for the public, right? So if your secret is on a computer, uh, who has access to that? Is it encrypted? Is it encrypted at rest? Are you emailing it? Do you have employees that are emailing it? Uh, who are they sharing it with? Do you know if they're sharing it? You know, a, a study by Bizcom showed about 25% of employees, when they left a company, took intellectual property. That's a pretty high percentage. Wow, that's so, staggering, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's other studies that show different statistics or numbers, but but the point is that if you have people that are working with you or for you, what access do they have to your secret sauce? And do you know uh, if they're moving it or emailing it or sharing it in a way that, that you wouldn't approve of? Do, so have tools – well, have access control lists, I guess would be one of the ways of phrasing it. Know who has access to what and have tools that monitor who access what, accesses what and when so that you can account for that. Yeah, and I, I would uh... – Suggest, and, I, and you know that I'm not a super technical person, but uh, watermarks is a good way to, to put things on stuff that you don't want to lose to try and track it. Or you could hide watermarks or put open watermarks or stuff that if it is shared, at least it's marked that it's intellectual property. And that would help you in legal terms hmm. uh, if, if you did want to pursue charges or, or even take a civil suit to, to get damages back. You know, I think the big thing is know what your secret sauce is and protect it. I think those are the first two steps I would tell anybody that I talk to. Identify what it is and then figure out ways to protect it. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you brought up your focus in, in Austin. A lot of it's with these tech entrepreneurs. I, You know, my, my day job is, is spent with Dell. And, of course, it's a large company that has uh, got many things in place from non-disclosure agreements to the right tools and the right policies to protect its its IP and trade secrets and those of its partners in its ecosystem. But yeah, I have other friends that work for startups, and I, um, I can tell this would be a problem for some of them. They've got a, a CEO and a CTO, and maybe they've got a marketing person, and they're out there scrambling for money and probably not really thinking about all the different ways somebody could steal their IP. So I'm glad you bring up non-disclosures, because even with non-disclosures, it doesn't mean that your property is necessarily protected. You know, we have red lights outside. It doesn't mean people that don't run a red light or right. a stop sign. So it's a good course of business. It's a good tool to use. But uh, if your listeners are interested, they can look up an indictment on Huawei that has to deal with Tabby. Tabby was a T-Mobile device that was used to test mobile phones. And Huawei USA signed non-disclosures with T-Mobile not to steal intellectual property related to Tabby, the tapping mobile phone uh, robot. And they, they, it's a very interesting read if, if people want to take a look at it. But it talks about how Huawei in China is directing employees here in the United States at Huawei USA that have access to this computer to, to violate the non-disclosure agreement that they have to include taking measurements, doing the robotics, is the tip of the, the, the robot air-gapped, 
Um, what are the actual specifications? How does it move? T-Mobile pushes back, tells them they can't have access, actually revokes their badges because they start taking pictures and they're asking too many questions, but they're trying to get a release of a phone out. So they allow them one last chance to go in there. And Huawei actually sends uh, people from China over to take a look at it. They steal a robotic arm, <laughs> take it back to the hotel, right? So you see where this is going. Even a non-disclosure is a good course of business, and I would absolutely encourage everyone to use non-disclosures, but know that that's not the fail-safe. Right. So for the listeners, Jill was referring to a case that she actually has the documents right here in front of her, and so she said you can go look this up, and she actually has the uh, marked document in front of her that she's referring to. So um, do you have any other stories like this about any other cases that might be good illustrations for our, our listeners about um, the lengths uh, someone may go to to attempt to. I've never heard of stealing a robot's arm before, but any other well, stories? Well, they did return it. <laughs> they, oh, the they did return day, it after the they yeah. disassembled it and <laughs> yeah. photographed it. Okay. Well, that was nice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll mention one other thing on this particular Huawei indictment that I think is very interesting. That if people haven't read it or heard about it, uh, they should think about when they're dealing with with different companies to include nation states or people that are state state sponsored companies, that Huawei actually had a formal policy. Huawei China actually had a formal policy that instituted a bonus program to reward employees who stole confidential information from competitors. So they had a reward system set up to reward employees that stole confidential data from competitors. Mm. So, you know, just be careful of who you're dealing with. You know, ZTE is another Chinese telecommunication company that you can look uh, on the internet at, at Department of Commerce site, where in twenty in March of twenty sixteen they were sanctioned for for providing uh, sanctioned items to places like North Korea and Iran. And there's actually they actually do a a really it's a really interesting write up of a document, an internal ZTE document. Uh, with their classifications on it, which are top secret for internal use only and top secret, highly confidential. Uh, and in one of their documents, it actually reads, uh, and they're talking about a, a, a different company, but it says even though 8S independently signs contracts with the client, it uses if it uses ZTE packaging to export embargoed goods, it would bring relatively large legal risk to ZTE. So they're talking about how to to have cutouts, right? So they shouldn't use ZTE packaging. We should use a front company with a different packaging so they can avoid the legal risk. So you, you really need to know who your customers are and be careful of that to avoid your own legal risks. Entrepreneurs are really good at doing research on a ton of different things. I would suggest that they do that type of research on people that are going to invest in their company or that are asking them questions. Is it, mm. is it, an investor that invests in similar things, you know, if it's an AI investor, is this an AI technology or do they invest in, you know, smart city stuff? Like why, what is the connection? And there might be a connection in that. Maybe that's a bad example, but, but you understand the concept is take a look at it. Look at the social media, see what, talk to your friends. Austin has such a great network of people that share and want to help. Call the FBI, ask us if it's something that seems wrong call us. You're, we're a free resource. You're paying taxes. That You pay our <laughs> salaries. We are here to help you. Um, and we want to help you and we want you to be successful. So a company in, well, in the U.S. that feels that 
maybe a partner company or some other company is trying to steal their IP, they call you and you put a specialist in touch with them or you first send them to some online resources to to learn and make sure and do some more research? How, how does that process work? If I think someone is maybe stealing from my startup, I go to the FBI website. I How, does this, how do I start a case? Yeah, so you can call us. Uh, our phone number is 512-345-1111. Uh, or you can email us at austin.sa for San Antonio at fbi.gov. Uh, and we'll, we'll, a special agent will t- call you and talk to you. Great. Uh, actually, not a deep phone menu system, but you actually get an agent. It'll it'll <laughs> say if it's an emergency, you should hang up and okay. call nine one one. But yeah, you'll get you'll get a person, and then they'll ask you, and they might say, "Hey, let me have somebody call you back." But yeah, you'll get to talk to somebody. Well, that's a great resource to have. Or um, alternatively, come to the Austin Forum and seek me out <laughs> uh, and ask me. Jill is a regular at the Austin Forum events. We're really happy to have her there. Um, and she's spoken at Austin Forum events before, and, and and I feel safer with you in the audience as well, too. So um, so this is good advice for our, our listeners, many of whom are probably in tech companies and probably a reasonable subset. And in fact, in our last demographic study, I think half of our attendees had started a, a for-profit or non-profit organization of some type, mostly tech. So um, what are you seeing in terms of the nation state's in terms of relative ranking, in terms of where these threats are coming from. You've mentioned a couple of Chinese companies, but I know that there's many countries that are stealing secrets from each other. From the FBI's perspective, stealing from the U.S., where do you see the the threats mostly coming from? So are you talking about what type of technology or what What nation states? What nation states? So Russia, China, Iran, uh, North Korea, South Korea, I would say, you know, are are a list of countries. Uh, But if I could... I would point uh, your listeners, if they are interested, there is a great resource on the internet. If you just Google foreign economic espionage in cyberspace 2018, National Counterintelligence and Security Center, and it'll go through a lot of different uh, instances of nation states and the stuff that they're stealing to include cyber security uh, incidents and talk about supply chain issues, which is another really big concern, mm. not only on cybersecurity, right, but on nation state sides. I'm talking about MSS and PLA, which are uh, arms of the Chinese government, uh, the Ministry of State Security, or the People's Liberation Army that are tasked with stealing intellectual property. Those two organizations have clout over the companies and can direct the companies to take the actions that you referred to in the Huawei case? Yeah. So the government, so depending on the laws of the country, and we're talking about China right now, uh, the Chinese government can direct these companies to provide them information. So I can't go to AT&T and tell AT&T to give me Jay Basso's call information or access to his computer. Uh, I have to go to the courts and the courts have to think that I, or agree that I have probable cause to get a search warrant to access that information. That's not the case in all countries. It's the case in our country. But there's a lot of countries where that that is not how that happens, and China is one of those countries. When you think about smart cities, for instance, because I know that you're interested in smart mm-hmm. cities, if you think about a nation, another nation that doesn't have the same laws that we do, installing smart city infrastructure, if they slowed down a financial institution for making a trade, right? Like if they slowed it down by a tenth of a second. Like, how does that impact change lights? If they could cut lights off, street lights, you know, like, how does that impact 
our daily life? How could it impact our daily life? I think those are important things to think about. Uh, but it also, in this document, it talks about what our adversaries, what their top priorities for collection are. So just uh, to give you an idea, and this is just an overarching view, uh, energy, alternative energy, right, would be a, a big thing. Biotech, defense tech, environmental stuff, high-end manufacturing, which we used to have a ton here in Austin, as I understand mm -hmm. it, uh, and ICT, you know, information and communications technology. Right. So those are all big top-tier things, and a lot of that stuff is here in Austin. Do you see, are you able to attract a lot of theft from the Austin area to these other countries of that, of that 400 billion you referred to? Do you have any idea of the breakdown of it in region and particular how it affects Austin? As our, as Director Ray from the FBI has said, we have economic espionage cases across the United States in every field office. So I'm not, I won't go into specific numbers here in Austin because whenever someone comes to us, we certainly don't want to share uh, that people have come to us, right? We, we want to protect the companies and the mm -hmm. individuals. What I would encourage people is if you have a problem, if you think you have a problem, if you want to know more about how to protect your intellectual property, call us, email us. We want to help you. Yeah. This actually, I had a, a friend, he also comes to the Austin Forum and he had a uh, blockchain related cryptocurrency massive theft. And I remember reading the article about people around the country that were impacted by that, and uh, he was able to go to the Austin FBI office and get some help. So Good. I'm thank, glad. Thank you guys for helping him. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't get everything back, but he, at least he had a resource he could go to to report it, um, protect anything further, and um, try to get some kind of resolution from it. So lock down your, your IP better than, you know, don't tell the whole world everything you did and how you're doing it. Share with them what you did, but not necessarily the how. Protect the how. Um, you have to share it with some people in order to get funding, but know who you're talking to when you're getting pursuing funding. Know who you're talking to when you're uh, getting partners and collaborators for your project as well. Even within your company, make sure you know who has access to what materials and that you've got the right tools in place. Is there any other advice you'd give uh, Austin tech entrepreneurs or, or anyone about protecting their IP? I would say there's tons of resources out there uh, on the internet to include the National Counterintelligence and Security Center, the FBI.gov, uh, .gov, not .com, uh, <laughs> IPR Center also has great resources, and your local FBI office is a great resource. Call us. We want to help you. We're part of your community. We live here. Our kids go to school with your kids. We, we really want you guys to succeed. Uh, so whatever we can do to help you guys do that, we're, we're interested in doing. Great. And it's FBI.gov. Uh, the phone number was? 512-345-1111. And what was the name of that report some of the listeners may want to download to understand more about the nation states uh, that are uh, attacking and trying to steal IP and the targets, the greatest targets of their... So it's the Foreign Economic Espionage in Cyberspace 2018, and it's produced by the National Counterintelligence and Security Center. And that was another one of the websites you recommended. Another one of the websites, to. yeah. And if it's if you're a, a medium, even to a medium to a large size business, if you're looking for free training videos, the National Counterintelligence and Security Center has tr free training videos that you can use. Great. Well, thank you very much for being here today. This is a great source of uh, information for our listeners, and we look forward to having you present again at the Austin Forum as well. Thanks. I look forward to seeing folks at the Forum. 
Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas. <laughs>